Subscribe to the Open's official YouTube channel to enjoy the best video content from golf's original championship, including official films dating back to 1970, full final rounds from past Opens, a range of compilations showcasing memorable moments, highlights from the 151st Open, and much more. Subscribe today to ensure you don't miss a thing. You're listening to The Open Podcasts. Well, hello and welcome to the 151st show presented by Loch Lomond Whiskies. We are coming to you from the Royal Liverpool Golf Club on the Tuesday before the start of the 151st Open Championship. It would be lying to suggest that the weather is ideal, but this is the Open. A little bit of rain doesn't get in the way. And of course, come Sunday evening, one fine golfer is going to be given the claret jug and named Champion Golfer of the Year. I'm Marcus Buckland, alongside me Sophie Walker, a star on the Ladies European Tour for 13 years and now a top coach and broadcaster. And Paul Eels, who played in seven Opens and is still starring on the Senior Tour. Weather may be a little bit iffy, but just how excited are you, Sophie, about what's coming up over the next few days? I can't wait. I only live an hour from Royal Liverpool and being up in the northwest, I know a little bit of rain. It's not going to affect anybody. Tuesday's terrible weather, but luckily it's going to get better and better. And this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's the elements. We don't want it easy. We don't want minus 20 winning the Open like last year. Uh, yeah. No, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> We're going to be out here in all this, so of course we want it. But it's great to be here, isn't it? And so much looking forward to Matthew Jordan hitting the opening tee shot. He's our local hero. And then, of course, Tommy Fleetwood just across the Mersey. Uh, he'll be playing as well, so looking for some local interest this week. But the course, the players will be licking the chops because the course is in sensational condition. Yeah, and there have been some big crowds who have... Uh come and had a close look at what the players can look forward to. We are standing just in front of the giant grandstand in front of the 18th green. To our right is the clubhouse and we've also got the third fairway and there are two examples of this guys internal out of bounds and if you just have a look at the grassy bank directly behind me you can see one of those dreaded white posts indicating out of bounds. Just two of the intriguing features this yeah, week. Yeah that's the third hole. We're actually stood on the members practice ground here and that bank delineates the the fairway from the outer bound uh, from the practice ground and can't hit it right on the first or well, sorry the third as it is and the 18th do not go right how well do you know this course Soph? um i was here for the women's open championship in 2012 so that was the olympic year in london so we actually got moved back to september and the winds were that strong that one of our days got called off we ended up doing a 36 holes on on the final day we did play it this way around but there's been some changes out there which i'm looking forward to seeing but internal out of bounds never a tour player's favorite but it's been here for a while so they're going to have to cope especially uh you won't want to start on the old first hole. I think it's good that you're starting on the old 17th and 18th and then coming round to it. But a uh, good layout, testing layout, and you always get a good win around here. I'll tell you what's going to be testing as well. Ilsey's got to hold up this umbrella for the yeah. two of us as the rain gets gradually uh, thicker and thicker. You're all right with that, aren't you? So far. Yeah, okay. As long as I stay underneath well, no, I'm well, all Between right. the both yeah, of us, yeah, we're we going to be right. okay. Yeah. We're going to hear from um, some of the, the top names looking to go all the way come the weekend, the runners and riders, some outsiders. You mentioned Matthew Jordan, yeah. for example, who is a local lad. He's going to hit the first shot in anger at 6.35. 
what a moment that's going to be for him. Oh, it's going to be brilliant, not just for him, but for his family and, of course, all the members here at Hoylake. Uh, they'll be queued around that first tee and the, the, probably the loudest cheer of the day, I would, I would think. Yeah, and obviously he's not expected to feature come Sunday afternoon, though who knows. But just throwing you under the spotlight straight away. And there's one man who's garnered most of the attention, I would suggest, the man who won here the last time the Open was staged at... Uh, Hoy Lake, a certain Rory McIlroy, he's going to be in the thick of things. Is he your favourite, Sophie? He's everyone's favourite, I think. The fans' favourite, the bookies' favourite. Um, this was nine years ago since he last won, won a major. Um, won last week at the Scottish Open, so in fine form, heading in, and they'll be willing him round. But is he going to win one? It seems like we've waited so long for this to happen. And considering we're talking about a guy that's not won a major in nine years, He's always up there. He's playing really well in majors. Surely it's only a matter of time before he comes out on topping one. Well, I should point out at this stage that as well as listening to us, you can also watch us because the podcast will be on the Open's YouTube page, despite the fact that Paul's got a face for radio. So I think it's time for the crew to introduce themselves to each other. Hello, guys. And David, David, who's doing his best to keep dry. Give us a little shake, David. He... Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's that's very clever. Yeah, very nice shape, that is. He's going to wander around getting us a full flavour of the proceedings. The conditions may not be great, but there are still a lot of people here and there are an awful lot of things to do. Now, we touched on the changes to the course, but just how different is it from when Rory won back in 2014, Paul? Well, the biggest difference is the par three that was the 15th then is now the 17th. They've changed that round 180 degrees. It's a short par three going west out into the River Dee and it's going to po pose so many problems for the guys even though it's probably, well it is the shortest hole on the golf course, tight runoff areas, big deep bunkers, if you don't get it on the green you could be looking at a four, a five, a six maybe, so be a lot of excitement on that new hole so. Martin Herbert is, is, is brilliant at course design, he's done Turnbury, he's doing um, Port Rush, hillside down the road and they've got him in, it's been here 150 years, they want to keep its traditions but like you were saying, a little par three on a Lynx course, we're at Troon next year aren't we, we all know about the postage stamp, so I think that's quite an important aspect of a, a Lynx course now and the par five's got a bit more length because of that. 18 is a good 50 yards back. Yeah, now, they've been isn't able it? to lengthen that hole because of the change of the green. And uh, but well, the, Rory at driver five iron in there yeah. when he won them. Well, he but might the 10th hole they've taken away a par five. That's now a par four this year, so that'll be harder for the guys. That's 500 odd yards par four rather than a 525 par five, which I think was maybe the easiest hole on the on the course last time the yes, guys came here, yes. so, so it's, it's par 71 this time. Par 71's definitely going to be a challenge. By the way, do check out our two-part course guide where Di Stewart, Rob Lee and uh, Amy Bolden played the course on a rather nicer day than this, I might add, and uh, certainly gave us a real taster of exactly what the players can expect. You mentioned the B-word bunkers. I was in Scotty Scheffler's press conference a little earlier, and here we are, the world number one, a man who you know, thrives in all conditions, but he admitted that he's scared of the bunkers. He said, I'm going to do everything humanly possible to keep out of them. Are they that scary? Well, they're punishing. They're, they're that shot penalty. They're not the usual PGA Tour bunkers that you can stand and hit a five iron out of. You're, you're coming out sideways. You might be able to advance it 100 yards. But th there's a punishment there which we don't see week in, week out. Yeah, OK. And the other big question, there are lots of big questions that need to be answered. 
But Cam Smith is attempting, Paul, to become the first man to retain the claret jug since Podrick Harrington back in 2008. Tall order. He's obviously been playing quite well. Why do you think it is that you know, players have found it so hard to retain a major title? Well, the best players in the world are here trying to stop them from retaining that title. So it, it's just one of those. You can only have one winner. Will he produce the goods as he did last year at St Andrews? That back nine of 30 to win the claret jug from... Uh, Cam Young. Cam, Cam Young Rory. and then Cameron's. Rory, wasn't it, after yeah. that? So... Um, <laughs> It's going to be a tough order, but you know he's given the claret jug back to the RNA now. Wasn't happy about that, was he? He wasn't happy, no, no, but he's done that. So those official duties are over for him, and now he can concentrate on the job in hand, which is to retain that trophy. And in terms of the conditions, clearly we're enjoying a little bit of northwest rain at the moment. According to the forecast, the winds now, this is the key. Obviously, open courses, if there's no wind, they tend to have a, a lack of a defence system. We're expecting... Certainly on Thursday and Friday, winds between 10 and 20 miles an hour may get up a bit more over the course of the weekend. Who does that favour? And, and how hard potentially does it make this course? Well, obviously, when the wind blows, it does make half the course usually easier because you're downwind and half of the, the holes being back into the wind. But because it's so soft, it's never going to get that fiery touch that we had way back when Tiger, it was brown when Tiger won way back in the day. So I think it'll be a, a, a good challenge and I think we do need a little bit of wind because what we don't want really is the guys, everybody shooting low scores. Yeah. One good score coming out of the pack would be great but uh, we don't want them all having smiley faces, do we? Like, no. Like, uh, we struggle, don't we? We, we quite yeah. like to see certain... Yes, well, not certain, just some players struggle. Uh, usually your opponent, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it makes us feel like ourselves, basically. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, if you complain... I always remember the Jack Nicholas quote, Sophie. If he heard one of his fellow competitors complaining about the weather, the rain today, for example, he said, well, there's one player I don't have to worry about. It's a pretty true adage, I think, isn't it? When the weather's like this, it's all about attitude. The players will be quite thankful that it's a Tuesday afternoon and it's raining and the forecast looks good for the rest of the week. The likes of Rory McIlroy, the damper it gets, the better. Right now, we're stood here, umbrellas up. Yes, it's raining, but there's no wind whatsoever. So this course is perfect setup now for so many of the players. When it gets damp and there isn't as much wind, it brings so many others into it. More PGA Tour players. When it's miserable weather, we're thinking, oh, Shane Lowry's going to do great, Padre Carrington. The worse of the weather, it suits certain players, but the way we've got it this week after this rain passes, I think it opens it up to more people to be able to win this claret jug. Yeah, okay. So it could be a good thing for a, a lot of the players out there. You're doing a good job, but I'm not sure that these umbrellas are going to last. Where's David gone? Where is David? He's gone. He's gone already. He's gone to get us some umbrellas. So we'll move somewhere else, hopefully a little drier. In the meantime, let us hear from the returning champion golfer of the year. Yeah, it's lovely to be back. Um, I've been in the UK now for a few weeks. Uh, the weather's been uh, pretty interesting the last couple of weeks as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to be back. I just had to hand back the trophy there. I, th I, I thought I was going to do all right, but I was actually holding back some tears. So, um, yeah, a bit, bit of a moment, I guess, that crept up on me. But, yeah, we've seen a fair bit of the golf course. I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a great venue. I think uh, it was playing very strong yesterday. Uh, given the wind, but um, and I think the wind is actually is probably going to die down a little bit, but it's going to be something that we're going to have to uh, deal with all week. So, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's a very strong test of golf out there. Well, I tell you what, we've made the short journey and now just have the 18th green over our shoulders. Must be a microclimate because the rain, it hasn't stopped, but it's certainly lightened. Keep the umbrella up, Eelzy. Why? Please, just I, in I've case. I've just put my waterproofs on, that's why it's stopped. Yeah, it's all right mm. for you, isn't it? But um, it's still very mild, touch of breeze. We just heard from Cameron Smith there, who's gone under the radar, of course, for obvious reasons, but comes here as a winner and is saying that he's a better player now than 12 months ago. What do you read into what he's been saying in the build-up to trying to retain that claret jug that he was so, so sad to hand back at the start of the week? Well, he's won twice this year. He's not played a whole lot, but that means he's been working on his game and been focusing on the big four, the majors, and, and this final one, this defending champion. I think he'll quite enjoy the fact that we're all talking about Rory, Scheffler, Ram. He played quite unbelievable last year. He, he was deserved of, of that win. And a guy that suits any golf course he plays really what i would say about hoylake is you do need to keep it in play off the tee and it, one weakness maybe is his accuracy with his driver so if, if that's if that works well i mean his putter is an absolute magician isn't he and he's always got to be on your mind it's easily to see why why he's not but we're here now we're all together at Royal Liverpool and he is a favorite you had a close up view of him over the weekend at St Andrews last year I mean, he was mighty yeah. impressive, no, he, wasn't he? He really was. It was sensational. He, he didn't really put a foot wrong. And then, of course, as Sophie was alluding to there, that magical putter, it just made the score. And that final run on, on the Sunday, back in 30, I think that's the lowest ever to win an Open Championship. It really was a sensational. And I, I, I was lucky, obviously, being in that place. You, you, you're right there next to the action. And uh, to see him come home and, and win as he did at the home of golf was was a terrific thrill for me and obviously for him yeah well Rory of course was, was chopping at his heels as he's been doing on so many occasions since he won his last major title which was a month after the Hoylake success here in 2014 US PGA we were speaking with Maureen Medill who's followed his career for such a long time and she said look it's eating him up the fact that it's nine years since his last major title but he's playing well enough to win one. Sophie, is there a danger he just wants it too much and perhaps that's what's holding him back? Well, they say you've got to practice like it's life or death and when you play the game, you've got to play it like you don't care. And that's a really hard thing to do to try and turn that off. He's been in contention, which I think is a, a really good sign for him. He's had a couple of top tens in the majors this year. And, you know, when something like that happens on a Sunday, we all go, oh, are you all right, Rory? Is everything like, that's an awful thing to happen. He's like, no, give me that Sunday any day of the week because... With 72 holes to, well, he was on the 72nd hole, he still had a chance of winning the Open Championship. And that's all you can give yourself. You know, Cam made an unbelievable two putt and then birdied the last. Rory was there right from the start, from the very first day to the last hole. That's all you can ask for in a major championship. And he'll be hoping for the same to this week and just hope he gets a little bit of luck and somebody doesn't shoot 30 mm. to beat him. But if somebody does, as a golfer, you've just got to say, do you know what? Well played. Yeah, he warmed up for it pretty well, didn't he? On uh, oh, didn't Sunday he just... with those last couple of holes. Yeah, and really tough conditions as well. And 17 and 18 were not the easiest of holes. Finished birdie, birdie, just to pit Bob McIntyre. So Rory's in a rich vein of form. You know, he's going to be around and about. Whether mm. he'll be the champion, we don't know. But he'll be there or thereabouts, I'm sure. Yeah, well, he keeps knocking on the door and you would think that sooner or later he will barge back through it again. Now, what about... John Rahm, who 
began the year magnificently at Augusta, of course. Is it fair to say that by his own very high standards, he's just dipped a, a little surprisingly of late? Well, I think he would say he's dipped a little bit because he's not winning every week and that's what these great champions want to do. But he's taken a little bit of time away from the competitive stage. I know last week he was in Ireland. Matt Adams was over there in Ireland and he took some footage of uh, John playing at Ballybunion and the members were out there and apparently he was incredibly gracious with his time. He took photographs with them and autographs and all that sort of stuff. So he's been playing Lynx golf but in Ireland and away from the pressures of tournament golf. So let's see whether that plans work for John this week. Yeah, well he's been chatting in the build-up to the event and is hoping to emulate a legend. It would be obviously... Um an incredible feeling, right? There's, there's many reasons I could give you for that. Uh, to be the first one to win an Open since Seve for Spain would be, be quite special. Uh, it's amazing to me that some of the great golfers we've had haven't been able to do it and, and they've been close, but uh, it would be a true honor to get there, to, to get to three majors, right? To be the second on the Spanish list. And then to to be able to win at this golf course, you know, knowing the history of the players that have won here in the, in the last few the last few times we've been, it's uh, you know be a great, a great championship. No matter who who wins, it's going to be a great championship. So uh, I'm excited to get it going, and it'll be absolutely amazing to be sitting back here on Sunday. He's great to watch, Sophie. Obviously, where do you put him in the list of likely contenders this week? He's a great listener as well, John Ram. He's really educated about the game of golf and. He's one of the favourites. He has to be. He's won the Masters. He's won the U.S. Open, and this golf course suits up really nicely for him. He's, he's won an Irish Open on a Lynx golf course. He does have all the shots. Tee to green, spectacular. A little bit like Scotty Scheffler, just needs the putter to warm up. But actually this season, if you look at his stats, they're a lot better than last year. He's just second in strokes gained tee to green rather than first behind <laughs> Scotty Scheffler. He missed the cut, the Travellers, a couple of weeks back. First cut he's missed in two years. So he is a force. And like so many, the likes of Brooks Kepka, Rory, they're now just focusing on the big four events and he would love to emulate Seve. I mentioned Sheffer at the start of the pod, the fact that he's going to do everything he possibly can to keep out of the bunkers here. The other thing, obviously, Paul, that he needs to do is warm up that putter because he's yeah. a sensational player, but it has been letting him down on a relatively regular basis of late, yeah, hasn't I it? Yeah, I think it, it's... When you hit as many greens and give yourself as many chances as he does week in, week out, you cannot hold all those putts. And it plays on your mind. And Rory has a similar thing going on where people say, oh, he's a poor putter. But actually he's not. He just gives himself so many more chances than everybody else. And Scotty, with him being at the top of the charts in terms of hitting greens and strokes gained from tee to green, that's the bit that everybody identifies as why you're not winning but there's 155 guys out here going to try and stop him from winning this week so the best in the world have gathered let's see who's going to be the best at the end of the week by the way if you are watching this you'll notice that i've got rid of my notepad which became redundant I, the pages were so stuck together because of the rain i couldn't turn them over thank goodness for technology tied third in scotland last week scotty Scherter getting used to being number one of course is there a technical reason do you think for the putter not working quite as well as it should be I was looking to maybe we'll see a grip change. We saw that with Tommy Fleetwood quite famously. He went to a claw grip and, and things really turned around for him. He's um, tried a few putters, similar styles of putters. Works tirelessly on the putting. He has done for years. It, 
it's not a weakness of his game, it's just that everything else is so much better. And there's got to be a point where it just gets lukewarm. He's 137th in strokes game putting. So if he has a half-decent week, he wins. It's an extraordinary stat, isn't it, to think how competitive he's been despite being 137th. Yeah, 16 people have beaten him since mid-May. So he's played seven events and only 16 players have beaten him. He's not finished outside the top four. So, I mean, if you beat Scotty Scheffler this week, I think you're going to win. <laughs> he tees off at 9.47 on Thursday. I'll go through some of the other key tee times a little bit later. But he's playing with Tommy Fleetwood and Adam Scott. I bet you'll be banging on the producer's door suggesting that you cover that three ball, Eelsie. It wouldn't be a bad one, would it? Tommy Fleetwood, uh, local hero from Southport, about an hour's drive away from here. And, uh, of course, Adam Scott. All the girls love Adam Scott, don't even. Sophie was drooling a little earlier about his golf swing, I think. Yeah, well, I think think the looks may have got in in the way of her technical analysis of the man, which is very unprofessional. Even (laughs) even if he wears that biscuit-coloured outfit, I'm still all for Scotty. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, he's he's always in the frame round Lynx golf. He's got such a, a great attitude as well. He seems to stay patient, which some of his other contemporaries do not so I think patience will be a big factor this week particularly if the wind blows because you're going to get one or two bounces that you go well that's not fair but certainly in Lynx golf we find out that golf is not fair well I tell you something I think it's almost stopped raining but you're doing such a good job Eels. you just just keep the umbrella up for a bit longer yeah, if you I don't mind do. kind of you to say okay well we, we like to keep you busy you are listening to and Watching the 151st show presented by Loch Lomond Whiskies from here at Royal Liverpool. Remember, we are on YouTube as well as in podcast form. So if you want to see the fun, you're having fun. Yes, great fun. You're having fun, aren't you? Yeah, the best. Absolutely. Well, if you want to see that fun, then head to the Opens YouTube channel. Now, David has headed towards the 18th tee. And uh, I think he's going to walk back down with some great shots just to give you a flavour of what we'll be looking at in particular come late Sunday afternoon. It's a 600 plus yard par five. And somebody's gonna be stepping onto that tee with a lead or knowing that they've got to do something to get into the lead. It's gonna be sensational. We'll bring you the flavor of that. Do you know what I love, guys, about the Open almost more than anything? And that is the iconic yellow leaderboards that, um, well, they just, invoke memories of years gone by and you think well whose name is going to be on top of that by the end of the day on sunday just looking at the wind direction right to left here down 18 that the 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 players if they're going to hit the ball right to left are going to have to start it over this out of bounds wall that you were talking about before and let the wind move it back because it's tight up against the side of that green so if they're going for the green in two don't leak it right but this is one of the great fascinations sophie of hoylake we all remember that tiger woods Back in the day when he trapped, only used his driver once. So the different options available for the players this week are going to be fascinating to analyse. He said it was his best ball striking tournament of all time. And I'm interested to see how far things have moved on. Over 10 years since he did that, players seem to be more aggressive now. Um, They're obviously bigger and stronger. The likes of Bryson DeChambeau... um, Christo Lamprecht, keep an eye out for him, the South African amateur who won the amateur championship at Hillside. He takes driver everywhere. So I'm going to try and find him in the next few days just to see what his tactics are because 
it, have we moved on? Have we moved on from taking driver out the bag? I mean, I was at that Open Championship and the fairways were as yellow as your umbrella when Tiger won. That's not the case anymore. It's a lot softer. It's obviously playing longer because of the redesign. So maybe you're going to have to hit driver. Yeah, I think, well, certainly on that point, Sophie, because it's wet and softer now, the players will be able to access the greens from the sides. Normally, if you're playing on a Lynx course, you need to be in the centre of the fairway to get the ball to stop on the green. You cannot get the ball on the green coming in from an angle. But so so far this week, if it's softer, the longer players may be able to just splash it around a bit and uh, find the targets. Hi, I'm Jordan Spieth. You're listening to The Open Podcast. At the 151st Open, HSBC will be partnering with Live at the Range. We've literally got goosebumps. It's like Christmas Day here on the range. The Live at the Range broadcast gives fans an exclusive view of the players' daily preparations as they get ready for the biggest week of the year. Watch Live during the 151st Open on the Open app, theopen.com and on YouTube. Get even closer to the action with Live at the Range. Let me throw a few more names at you guys, and I appreciate I could probably throw 140 out of the field, and you'd say, well, he's got a chance. You know, it's so difficult. But Cameron Young came so close last year, has sort of been under the radar a little bit of late. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, again, like Sophie was saying, hits the ball prodigious distances off the tee, had a great, Open Championship last time and just came one put short, had an eagle on 18 where he drove it on the green. So, yeah, of course, another great player that could contend. Is Victor Hovland ready to grab one of the game's biggest prizes? So if he's been so close as well, of course. Yeah, we talk about a player that's trending. I would say Cam Young's going one way, where Victor Hovland's certainly going the other in recent times. His major performance has been quite spectacular and there was always suggestion about short game, but he really seems to have focused quite heavily on that. And when watching him around Augusta, you saw shots that I'd not seen Victor hit before. And that gives you so much more confidence because if you know you can get up and down, you can go after flags. Because normally you go after a flag, you miss it, you short side yourself, you think, I've not got that shot in the bag. He now has, so that's only going to lend himself better to performing well at the harder golf courses. He's a player that wants it as tough as possible. Now, Brooks Kepka, five-time major winner, of course, been in fantastic form again this year. He's created a couple of minor headlines today, talking about his love of brown sauce and the fact that he's a Manchester United fan, which got Paul's back up. But if you can put that to one side, he's impossible to discount come any major, isn't he? No, you wouldn't do that. You definitely wouldn't do it. He's, He's... He's such a wonderful player, and it seems the bigger the prize, the better he plays. So, again, another one that will be in contention, I'm absolutely certain, come Sunday. But as, as Sophie was saying there with, with Victor and the pitching, the conditions will play into the hands of those that have only maybe got one good shot around the green. The imagination that we saw with a Tiger and a Seve back in the day isn't going to be as needed this week because it's softer so uh, interesting that might bring a few more players into play but certainly Brooks Kepter has got imagination that's for sure yes he has indeed Uh, we spoke about the new par 317th at the start of the program it's uh, it's obviously going to create a lot of headlines Kepka says he likes what he sees about it if you get a crosswind there that could be pretty pretty interesting um I mean, I'm a big believer in the short par threes. Make it difficult, exactly like that. Um, I'm not a huge fan of 260, 250, and 
you know, it, it kind of takes, I don't want to say the excitement out of it, but it's kind of boring. You already know it's a three iron. Um, and everybody's hitting to the same spot where I think all the best par threes in the world that have ever been designed are, you know, 165 yards or shorter. Um, it's wealth at Augusta, um, Sawgrass. There's, I mean, postage stamp, there's a bunch of them. And you can walk away with five just as easy as you could too. So um, I like it. Well, whether he still likes the 17th, having played it, well, he'll hope four times, mm. remains to be seen. Another player I really want to talk about because he's back in business, came so close at the US Open. He's won since then, has always looked as though he's had the game, got the game to win an Open Championship. Ricky Fowler, is he going to be there or thereabouts, Sophie? A player that, like Rory, is a fan's favourite. You'll see so many people walking around in all orange this week, the Ricky Fowler fan club. Recently gone back to his mentor more than his golf coach in Butch Harmon and things really have started to change for him. And change was probably the issue. We spoke about it before me and Paul about trying to change his swing. He had quite a loopy drop it on the inside type swing and he, he went to make it more conventional and, and got a little bit lost. And f for me, I, 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 people like that, you, you go good on you because, you know, he could have taken the money. We could have never seen him again, but he grafted. And I think that the one thing that I respect from him more than anything is he, he missed the US Open last year. He was first reserve. He went for a practice round with his mates, you know, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. And then he had to say goodbye to them on the Wednesday because he didn't get in that tournament. And since then, things have clicked for him. And sometimes as a golfer, I don't want to say rock bottom because he's obviously a multimillionaire. But in terms of his game, I think that was quite a low blow for him so for him to claw himself back and be somebody that we're actually talking about not only in the field but somebody that could potentially lift the claret jug I think you just got to say well played Ricky. When you look at the US Open and of course he started that so well and in the end was destined not to win it does that still remain a positive or even though he's won on tour since then does it reinforce his feeling that for whatever reason, he's not destined to win a major title. He's not thinking he's not destined to win a major title. I mean, that was a, a huge thing for him in the US Open, and that was the kickstart to go for him to go and win again. You know, he's trending. He, that's what he's he's in the game for those Sunday afternoon feelings. That's what he wants to do. Whether you win or not is a toss of the coin, but that's what he loves. And and like so said. Every credit to him for, for coming out of that dark area and back into the limelight. And let's hope we see a little bit of orange on Sunday yeah. afternoon. And most Open winners have won coming into it. So in, in, the, in the year of that, of that Open Championship, they've had some form. You can't go finding your form at the Open Championship. So he's one to look out for just because he's had that win. Tell you what else to look out for. I mean, guys, behind behind our brilliant camera team, we've got some brightish skies. Eelsie, yeah. I officially declare it is time for you to take down your umbrella. Oh, very kind of you. I, mean, I think we need to get the sun cream out yeah. in just a moment because, it, and now we get a much better view, by the way, of the 18th green and these fiendish bunkers. I mean, even from here, they're giving me the heebie-jeebies. I mean, I understand why Scotty Scheffler's, even the great Scotty Scheffler, is having nightmares about going into, um, well, any one of the bunkers on this course. Yeah, and if you look at the ones at the front of the green, if you've got a back flag, you suddenly got to play a 35-yard bunker shot, and it's like, oh, that's not what you want. And they're the ones you've got to be more careful of, the ones that are away from the green, rather than the ones up close. But if you miss one, Marcus, there's another one waiting yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, sick. The way they've designed it is just... just... <laughs> 
like London buses. If you miss one, you're certainly going to go into the next one or the one after that. Right, a few more names I'm going to throw at you. The man who was champion a couple of years ago, Colin Morikawa. Yes. Not many people are talking about him at the moment. Why is that? No, he's just not holding the putts again. He's, I think he's grinding the expectations. He's having to come to terms with, you know, that he is a major champion and, and, and maybe, you know, he can't win every time. It seemed so easy for him when he first came on to be winning most weeks. Now it's not. So he's having to grind out top tens and, and try and get back into that winner's circle again. Yeah, and obviously he's good enough to do that. And so is Tommy Fleetwood, who's going to have a lot of local support. I can, I can see this being a story that, was destined if he if he chooses this particular week to triumph, Soph. This is his one, the Open Championship and around Royal Liverpool. It's his favourite layout and um, has been back home playing quite a lot of links golf. I actually played behind him at Royal Birkdale a couple of weeks ago and everybody talks about the Tommy Fleetwood finish. When you teach golf, when you hear it on the practice ground, everybody wants a Tommy swoosh through the ball. It's like the curtailed follow-through, which just seems so natural for him. And when you're playing links golf into the wind, that's what you want to do. He does that without even thinking. Disappointing final round at the Scottish Open. I thought two over, I thought he was going to really compete. Not necessarily a bad thing. It shows that the game is there moving into the Open Championship. And he's one that's going to have to handle being a favourite. There's going to be so many people cheering him on. And he has to see that as a positive rather than, you know, get nervous with it. Mm. OK, well, Tommy's a fascinating character. Matt Fitzpatrick has shown he can win at the very highest level. Hasn't yet had a top 20 finish at the Open pool, but he won the RBC Heritage in April, he beat Jordan Spieth. Yes, he did. In the playoffs. So, um, do you think he's got the game finally to rise to the surface here? He's a US Open champion. He's definitely got a game. <laughs> yeah, whether he brings it this week or not, I don't know. Um, he's hidden it longer and longer now with the training, as all the guys are doing. So, from a length perspective, he can compete. And we certainly know when uh, when Matt gets the putter going, that he's he's a force to uh, to, to contend with. So. Again, one of many great players here, and I would put Matt in the greats. You know, he's won all around the world, and, and he's won a major championship. So, could he do it again? Absolutely, he could. Well, it's also going to be a very big week for the Fitzpatrick uh, family because his younger brother Alex sealed his spot here from final qualifying at the West Lancashire Golf Club earlier in the month, and the U.S. Open winner has been telling Alex what to expect come this week. A couple of bits of advice that I've given him is, you know, he, he came last week to play 18, which I think was helpful. Um, see the golf course, no stress, no rush. And then literally I just told him this, you know, take take these next few few days easy, nine holes each day. Um, you know, I remember speaking to my coach, Mike, uh, about what to do at my first Open back in 2013. And that's what he stressed is, you know, don't tie yourself out. Uh, I think I played nine Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I thought that was kind of, you know, similar to, what Alex should do uh, and then the other one just just no media as well so just so he can concentrate and uh, you know concentrate on himself and stay away from you lot <laughs> well some very good advice from Matt Fitzpatrick while we were listening to that here's some good advice guys keep looking around you not one but two balls landed at sort of 10 yards in front of us we're in this internal out of bounds area where clearly balls should not be landing but our esteemed leader, Lord Tebster, he went to look for the first one and then nearly got pinned by the second one. Yeah. 
He should have known better, shouldn't he? Christian Bersaidenhout, I think, from South Africa. He was responsible for those errant second shots that have landed out of bounds. But better on a Tuesday than a Thursday, Marcus. Well, absolutely. And actually, this is quite exciting, Sophie, because playing the 18th at the moment and just having his picture taken as well is a man who's won the Open on two occasions, 2002-2012. Bearing that in mind, he really should have won last year as well, 2022. But Ernie Els is still in the field. He's got that aura about him. Is it a ridiculous suggestion of mine to point out the possibility of him being involved come the weekend? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> sorry oh, about sorry, that. Sorry, Ernie, that. Um, Ernie was, was my first golfing hero, I suppose, and then Eldrick came along and things changed massively, and I think that happened to him as well. Tiger Woods came and he didn't win as many as he probably should, and I think it's brilliant that Ernie Els is out there with the two young South African golfers. They're having their photo taken in front of the 18th green, and just a golf swing that never gets old. It's beautiful, long and lazy. I tell you what, Elsie, when he wins on Sunday, we'll make sure yeah. we've got that little clip. Uh, in fact, we should give it to him as a, like an inspiration. Have you heard yeah. that you've been written off <laughs> yeah. by Sophie Walker? That's just what he needs to hear, yeah. but. Oh, he's um, um, unmistakable when you see him lolloping towards you. It's like he's hobbling. He's still competitive on the PGA Tour champions in in America. He's featuring. He's won a couple of times, I think, maybe well, certainly once this year. So uh, certainly, no, Ernie knows how to get it done. But uh, it's asking an awful lot. This you know, the Champions Tour. They play three rounds, four rounds, obviously this week. And obviously, the strength and depth of the field is is a lot greater this week. Well, you guys still have to play four rounds when it comes to your majors, and you'll be lining it up at Royal Porth Call for the Senior Open next week, won't you? Alongside Ernie, and if I finish within a couple of shots of him, I'll be delighted, yeah. <laughs> yellow well, golf ball, Mark. Yes. That's the future. I'm on yellow ones now. It, is that why? just so you, you can, can see them see. more so clearly? I can see them, yeah. yeah. yeah yours need um, little so electric bells as well, so you can find <laughs> them in the rough. Well, that's not bad for distance, <laughs> is it? He'd have been at the PGA seniors is Not it the harsh. players championship yes. last week at firestone and yeah. slightly different setup than here yeah. over in america well as he heads towards the 18th green a few other names that we just need to touch upon including a man who was part of our team last year he went viral with his commentary on that amazing rory mcelroy shot from the bunker he got in he just missed out last year in qualifying got in last cast brilliance from matthew southgate who's got some form as well when it comes to playing at the Open. There's another possible yeah, fairy tale no, story for us. Absolutely, and nearly shot the magical 59 the other week. I think that was in Denmark, was it, Sophie, on, the, on his last round? So, uh, yeah, Matthew, I mean, he's a great loss to us on, on the commentary side because he, he was great fun last year, but uh, hopefully he, he makes it through to the weekend and he can give us one or two thrills behind the microphone. But if not, I'm sure he'll be back part of our team talking some of the shots yeah and, and you know you were speaking earlier about Ricky Fowler and how he was first reserve for the US Open last year and then you know you're so close but you're not actually involved and it's actually benefited him or so it seems I'm just wondering with Matty because he was such fun with us but you knew his heart was yearning to get back out on the course and now he's got that chance here I'm just wondering if he'll free himself up a little bit and fully appreciate what he's got and bring his a-game as a result Appreciate. I think that's a really good word sometimes, you know, you can get lost in your own golf, but when you, for instance, caddy for somebody, or how often do you see somebody go to the Ryder Cup or the Solheim Cup, maybe as a 13th or 14th man, and then the next couple of years they're in that team, and Matt was 
brilliant last year. He was so enthusiastic, he got stuck in, but he was the wrong side of the ropes for him. And Lynx golf is what Matt loves. He loves to think about the golf shots, hit it high and hit it low. And he will feel seven feet tall walking around this golf course because he is where he wants to be. And we'll miss him for his passion, but he wants to be on the golf course. He wants to be hitting the shots rather than talking about mm. them. Although I'm quite hoping that at some point he backs away from a shot and says, Oi, Eelsie, you're making too much noise. <laughs> yeah, I'm that, trying to win the Open here. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Before we go, we've got to talk about Tiger. Yes. Not the Tiger, who sadly, of course, isn't here. German amateur Tiger Christensen, who I understand actually was not named after Tiger Woods. It was actually a friend of his dad's. But nonetheless, when you get into the world of golf, and you're going around with the name of Tiger, mm. you're going to attract some attention, Ilzi. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't know a great deal about him. Probably college in the States, I would imagine, as, as most of the young amateurs are these days. That's where they seem to hone the skills and get ready for the professional game. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes on, but uh, not quite the name that's announced on the first tee that we would have liked with Tiger Christensen. Yes. But the silver medal is a very important subplot to the weekend of course so he's got an awful lot to play for so he has and, and players that have won the silver medal have gone on to do great things you'll be there on that 18th green alongside the open champion on sunday afternoon which is a, a wonderful experience there's only six amateurs in the field so i mean if you make the cut you, you've got half a chance and these are the experiences that you need to take as an amateur to know if you're ready to turn professional stand on that range looking at the way they hit it go out and play and you can stack your game up against everybody else's and see how long is it until i need to turn professional well i hope you're both ready because the time has come we've mentioned a number of names we've given all sorts of reasons why x y and z could do well will do well should do well but who is going to do well who is going to win the 151st open i want three names from both of you uh, starting with the sort of a a possible to like it to yes, Sophie. Possible is Minwoo Lee, just inside the top 50 in the world. Australian won Scottish Open, came fifth at the US Open. Has this incredible stinger off the tee. If you get to stand behind him out here this week off some of the tee shots, he can really fizz it. And his ball speed with a driver for somebody so lean is, is quite phenomenal. Okay, my, a, a probable. My probable, um, Tyrrell Hatton. Yeah, I want the weather to be pretty bad. I think he'll, he'll go well if it is. I just think he's, he's on, in form, played really good in Scotland last week. And I would love to see an English winner of the Open Championship. The first English winner was actually here, wasn't it, of it the was. Open? Yes, but if he's only your probable, it means... We're not going to have an English winner. So who, Sophie Walker, is winning the 151st Open? The world number one, Scottish Scheffler. Yeah. Gone for the safe option, hasn't Absolutely, she? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> but well, good, even, good though, Soph. Like even, even though he's scared of bunkers and he's struggling with his putter. Well, he won't go in the bunkers and yes. he'll hit it that close. He can kick it in. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Your three, Ilzi. Kepka, Fleetwood. Oh, we need some music for this. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. Kirka, Fleetwood, McElroy. There Where's you your outsider there? <laughs> well, You're not listening to the question. Yeah, I did, you had a probable, a possible, and a 
a winner. They're, I think they're I've given you all three. Very probables, aren't yeah. they, really? And possibles. Okay. Why have you ultimately gone that way? I think Brooks Kepka, when it comes to the biggest tournaments, he's always there or thereabouts. His game is absolutely outstanding. Tommy Fleetwood, I've just gone with the, the heart there over the head. And, of course, Rory, he's my favourite. He's on form. If he gets that putter working, Marcus, they're all playing for second place. Well, guys, thank you very much. A lot of food for thought. We shall see which of your crystal balls is the more accurate. Uh, by the way, I have been warned, told, to make sure that you hand that umbrella back. And you, Sophie. They are official open umbrellas. And, and David, who's been on his merry walks, is actually going to film you all the way back to the media centre to ensure that you hand in the umbrellas to the appropriate personnel. Really? Is that clear? It's clear. Thank you, Marcus, for yeah. making it so clear. We don't, we don't want you being hoiked off the grounds two days before <laughs> the Open <laughs> even starts. Maybe by the Saturday we'll have you hoiked off Somebody the grounds. Might, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is it for our preview of this week's Open. We're back every single day of the Championship reviewing the day's play. And don't forget, as well as listening, you can watch if you're brave enough. I'm actually a bit of makeup and he'll be okay. Um, you can watch the podcast on the Open's YouTube channel as we bring you right to the heart of the action here at Hoylake with the 151st show presented by Loch Lomond Whiskies. This has been an original audio production from the open.